Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves, and today I'm going to share with you a story I did not write. A friend of mine who goes by the pen name of Grace Fletcher wrote this back when I used to have a writing group back in Leadville, and when she shared it with the group, it stunned us. It was just so beautiful. Anyway, I asked if she would share it with you, and she sent it to me and asked me to share it with you or actually gave me permission to share it with you. And so that's what I'm going to do today. It's called Independence, Home Birth, 1977. So stay tuned. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Independence. Home Birth, 1977. By Grace Fletcher. I met my youthful mate when I lived solo in an old Iowa farmhouse 30 miles from city work, surrounded by square-mile blocks of shimmering, ripening corn. Jeff lived alone in a neighboring makerspace, Mother Earth Farmstead. He was a magic man who charmed me with chickens, ducks, goats, sheep, gardens, and a first-date feeding of homegrown eggplant parmesan using his homemade goat cheese. Quickly deciding to merge woodpiles we found a small farmstead off the grid and sank ourselves deeply into Iowa's Boone River Valley, into the last place back of a dead-end road. The gear was at hand. Wood stoves, kerosene lamps, hand tools, a wool winder, a loom, musical instruments, even a Victrola. Everything functional, everything beautiful. No power, no plumbing, no phones. Jeff dealt in antiques, most of them things he'd repaired or restored. It took some getting used to, having him rush in and grab an exquisite ticking pendulum clock and run out to trade it, although it would soon be replaced by another clock. I wanted his child, and once convinced of my complete adoration, he agreed independence. We decided on home birth, decided to do it together, alone, in a beautiful setting. Childbirth is not a disease, after all, and I wasn't brave enough to go to a hospital to have no control. We studied, spoke to midwives, and asked a freaky neighbor to help. There were goats to milk, after all. Tucked down into the cool, deciduous woods, I felt terrific as life grew within me. We ate wild asparagus and apples from our orchard, drank goat milk and well water, made cheese, and matched veggie proteins. On a dark and stormy night in October, I knew it was time. My man drove off to get our helper, and I made my nest on the floor near the coal's hot blast, our fancy parlor wood stove. Labor came hard the next morning, and I wafted in and out of time and place for a full day. 
As evening fell, thunder cut loose up and down the valley, and rain drenched the black loamy earth. Our friend John handled all animal chores and, not sure what else to do with himself, fired up two big copper boilers of water on the kitchen wood stove. About 9.30 that night, our son was born. The boy child opened his eyes, and he did not cry. He did not breathe. He was blue. The cord pulsed on, and I tried not to panic. One little breath, another bigger breath, a third deep breath. His chest expanded and turned rosy pink. He quietly looked around in the lamplight. We named him Zeb, and Zeb did not cry. Copper boilers bubbled and shook, filling the little house with steam. Jeff and John entered the kitchen and gasped, howled, and laughed. I peeked through the doorway to see huge ribbons of paper draped and filling the room with giant loops suspended from the ceiling. What was it? What happened? Paper? Steam had melted the ceiling wallpaper paste in the old farmhouse. Laughing and clearing the mess, the men prepared a warm water bath for Zeb. Gently lowered into an oval, enameled basin, Zeb relaxed and did not cry. A few hours passed, and reluctantly, we clad the perfect little boy in diaper and tiny T-shirt. Oh, no! Oh, yes! Then he cried. That was when Zeb cried. His father swaddled him, took him outdoors into earthly darkness under brilliant stars, and held him up to the sky. We named our son Zebulon Storm. The next day, other friends appeared and asked how we withstood the massive electrical storm that blew out power to all homes for many miles. We never noticed. Independence. 20th century style. That ends Grace Fletcher's piece, and I do hope that there will be a to-be-continued. I hope she keeps writing because her writing is beautiful. And uh, that last scene, boy, where his father holds him up to the stars at night, kind of a, a Lion King kind of feel there. I just absolutely love how in so very few words she was able to capture this magical moment in her life and in the life of her son, Zebulon. And I decided that it needed to be shared with the world. So there you go. And I thank you, Grace Fletcher. Keep writing. And if any of you have stories out there that you think are share-worthy with the world, but maybe you don't want to do it yourself, send them to me and uh, let's talk about this. My podcast is all about storytelling and the human condition, and I would love to hear your tales and share them, perhaps. Thank you for tuning in to episode 70 of Alligator Preserves. I can't believe I've got 70 episodes in addition to all my short stories out there right now. And if you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves on 
iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with my latest episodes and tell your friends about it. Maybe they have stories they'd like to share too. I hope you'll help support Alligator Preserves on Patreon. Check out the rewards you receive at patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves. And join me next time when I'll talk about something completely different. Maybe it'll be one of your stories. Until then, think about what independence means to you. And maybe tonight, make yourself go out tonight and look at the stars. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard, with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com, where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.